You're listening to Lost and Sound in Berlin, a podcast exploring music and identity in Berlin, supported using public funding by the Arts Council of England. Episode 6, The Zone. Winter strips the city of its green lushness to reveal enigmatic one-up logos across the sides of tenement buildings. Pulling my scarf tight over my mouth, the neon green Burgermeister sign luring me in with the warming promise of jalapeno fries, I think back over this year, the year that finally led me to call Berlin my home. Hello, my name's Paul Hanford. I've set about on a journey to meet people whose lives and loves weave in and out of the rich tapestry of music that spans across this city and across the years. And through this, I want to learn and share with you why Berlin has such a creative energy. One of the things I've really discovered over this year is the breadth of electronic music in Berlin. Today I'm going to play three interviews with DJs who, in different ways, are stretching horizons of what we dance to here. Earlier in the summer I met with Perel. She has a certain kind of essence of rock and roll about her that you might not expect for a Berlin electronic artist. And this year she's taken her sound to Panorama Bar, amongst other places. We met for a coffee in Neukölln. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm going to be putting my headphones on and off a little bit. Just okay, to... and I'm sorry if I have to ask you again sometimes. Um, I mean, I'm not native-speaking English. So. Well, I, I, I have more to be sorry about in being no, another no, no, one no, of, of these classic English people that comes here. And I'm fine um, with that. So, when did you move to Berlin? It was, like, exactly eight years ago. Exactly eight years, like, yeah, to the day. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. it was in April... In April 2010. So you've been here for the whole of this... You've seen the whole of this decade, you know, sort of... Almost, on, on yeah. yeah. Also, like, the, the years before, I was DJing every now and then in Berlin, but, like, in a different context, like, yeah. more in, a, in the electro... Not, like, really in that club context. Yeah. I was just, like, really put in a track. I give a shit about transitions and fades at all. Although Perel is signed to the New York label, DFA, she sings in German. I ask her if this is connected to how she feels, her identity. I never thought about, like, an identity, like, where I'm coming from. I just have chosen German because it's my mother tongue. And if I want to express something, also in a poetic way, I think I had to do it in German. Because even I'm... speaking uh, English quite fluently it's like being lyrics should be from my opinion always in your mother tongue not always but from my opinion like because there's a you can yeah what I said you have a deeper uh, express expression in it yeah yeah and I I was missing that even in 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 like today's pop music or even like dance or electronic music 
there was just like that like that surface on lyrics and, and, and nothing went really deep I was missing some poetry that's why and um, it was not about identity but automatically it connects to your where you come from and who you are in yeah. the end yeah yes. it's a more direct way of expressing sure it. of course yeah. but I, like I feel like um, the, 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 the funny thing is like now that people really understand like that it's just something personal or really something personal I feel more connected to all other people before you know because music it has one language in the end absolutely I mean do you feel like um, I mean so many of much of the music that I've always listened to is in languages that I don't understand but yeah. I feel connected to anyway exactly yeah um, it's almost like like there is a meaning of lyrics and actual words yeah um, but there's also another meaning of just sound it's another dimension like what happens actually and you immediately feel if this is authentic or not if it's honest or not that's it and, not, and anything else doesn't matter yeah. in my opinion I, I was never the biggest Bob Dylan fan but <laughs> I kind of like him at the same time yeah but then at the same time like I'd always be a bit that one guy sat around with a bunch of friends who didn't know the lyrics yeah I would just know that that's the bit where it goes and you, and, <laughs> you know, but at the same time I kind of felt like I knew what he meant I didn't feel like yeah. I needed to sort of be able to quote yeah. it basically what were you listening to as a child yes, yes. exactly yeah well I wanted to say that um, even I'm sounding a bit retro in my in my tracks um, I grew up with like typical teenage pop bands with Backstreet Boys in the late 90s and mid 90s 90s I, I was born in the 80s so I think that maybe subconsciously something came to my ears like my mother loved to be to hear Nina or whatever there's always like these two things that are going on isn't there there's the things that you sort of you choose to educate yourself with like you know finding out about Bowie or, yeah, yeah. or whoever's cool it's like, digging deeper and deeper and one yeah, comes to another I totally think. and then yeah. there's the, there's like what you're saying about like the Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls the, yeah. the sort of thing that you actually kind of were listening to because it was around you and you enjoyed when you exactly, were young exactly exactly but there was nothing like you know some say yeah I was like, I was like 17, uh, seven years old and I listened to like Crazy Acid House and I was like deep digging to old rock and roll <laughs> yeah. sorry not me no. I, I really listened to Euro dance music shit like really I, I had no clue what I'm listening to you, so, you didn't have tons of white labels and you unfortunately not no. no I listened to like yeah fairy tales Disney <laughs> movies and cassettes and I yeah and I had like that a rhythmic yeah. cassette and I think that's I think like many many different styles and like what I said like in the beginning subconsciously there is something from the 80s that triggers my emotions and I love those melodies and those sounds but I can't really explain it rationally yeah. like last week I had like I don't know is it Sensoradonna by mm -hmm. um, Paul Young and Zana, and it was in there. For, I don't know. I don't know whether I went into a spati and yeah. it was on, or like some. It was just genuinely an old brain cell in the back yeah, of my head. Yeah, but yeah. it's really beautiful when you kind of just go with it. Exactly. Isn't it? I know. I know what, absolutely what you mean. I, it happens to me like all the time, like with different tracks. Yeah. And I just like um, I had like an interview. Like I, they were asking me for my favorite record, and I and I said like it also happens like 
when you have like these parental backseat hits mm. you just you know in the car in the car yeah, and you yeah. have to listen to it you know yeah. and they this is also something like you 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 get all this stuff what your parents like to hear but also like like half like in the backseat yeah. mainstream radio stuff and I, and and I, I I had to listen to Karad, you know, the the blue planet, the blue planet. Not many of them know it, oh but it's 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 a, it's a it's a East German hit wonder. Mm. And I said like I rediscovered it far away from the backseat hits of my parents, like <laughs> car backseat hits. Yeah, and it's called Kaha. Uh, what is the it? The blue planet. Yeah, yeah, the blue planet. Um, like in your DJ sets as well, there there is this sort of. Um, very, very wide, abrasing eclecticism to what you do, but it still mm. follows a very fluid line. Yeah, you know, nice. It's still sort of, Thank you. You know, a journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, you do a lot of things that a lot of other DJs don't, like sort of use a microphone a bit, and mm -hmm. you know, and um, you know, mash the styles, which I think some people still have this idea that Berlin is a very sort of minimal place. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's true. Do you still feel that Berlin is too minimal for, for its own good? Or? Um, it depends where you are. Mm. I mean... So there are other options. Of so. course. I mean, like, if you have a look at the, like, clubs, like, like Wilde Renate, who always had, like, a super nice disco influence and also live acts going on. on. Even, like, Bergheim Panorama Bar has, like like with a new the new room called Soile where they have like experimental music going on like stuff that is not like minimal at all and also like Panorama has so many nice different artists I mean yeah. I just heard that someone just played a hip-hop track downstairs at Berghain and people loved it I've talked before on the podcast about the sexism that lurks in various more nebulous corners of DJ culture so I thought it was important to ask Perel if she feels the landscape is becoming more inclusive. Um, right now, I really think there's changing a lot. I never expected something like this, to be honest. It, it went like really quickly in the past, in the past two years, or let me say even in the last year. Yeah. And of course, I still have some dickheads around just asking stupid questions like like even like two days ago like a, a guy was posting um under like an article he said like if you don't want that people um, um thinking that you have a ghost producer then you should post more pictures from your studio this is what you're not doing right now and if you would do you wouldn't have this question going on <laughs> And I was like, yeah, exactly. I was really like, okay. And I, I just, I just, I just answered, you know, guys like Roman Flügel. Mm. He never posts anything out of his studio, but n people would never assume that he has a ghost producer. Can you really explain me this? Yeah, it's you know. What? I, like I don't know what to say. Like he yeah. has a, a, a modern, a modern picture of the world. A view of the world means you also like you you, you don't see like these gender roles anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, but at least in a different way. And um, like him, I don't know. Maybe like you know, if you would have there, if there would have been another question, not about like DJ, the female DJ, about like I don't know, 
animals, how, how you would treat animals, he maybe would have answered the, the same bullshit, like, just differently, you know I what think I mean? Would. This is like, than... yeah, I was just like, I didn't know where to start, and, and I think he doesn't even know that, he, that this was a fucking sexist comment. Mm. That's the point, he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So first stay calm, think about the good in people, believe in the good in people, and then, yeah. That's a lovely way to put it. <laughs> I really enjoyed chatting with Peral and her frankness and energy, and that comes across in her music. Um, the way that, although she sings in German, and my German is still pretty basic, the expression carries through on a deeper level, that somehow the sound of a voice can convey meaning way beyond our understanding of the language it's sung in. meet Simon Kaiser. Simon runs the club night trade. I saw him DJ a little while back and I really liked his way of bringing experimental sounds into a club context. He's someone not afraid to leave the 4-4 and head into more unusual waters. We sat down along Griefestraße just as autumn was giving away to winter. What is the ethos behind trade? So you mean what what we're trying to do with it? Yeah, or? yeah. Um, it's it started out to be like a kind of like creating a space for people to listen to different kinds of music, especially after uh, Janus um, stopped doing like uh, the regular party, irregular parties. Um, there was like. I think like people or like the city was in deep need of like other events with like more uh, like different genres, experimental music, like rada, rada, rada. and then I decided I, w I was talking to a couple of friends um, and decided to just do that and create like yeah like a space where where we could like present like um, new and upcoming artists, artists maybe no one. Uh, heard heard of before combined with like artists that were like established mm. like it, it kind of also out of that um, started to be what I wanted it to be was it was like also where people came and they had conversations about music and they were like collaborating and from that it was like I think it gradually changing now I'm more like um, still trying to do um, similar things but also trying to reintroduce techno music and combine the different styles because I strongly believe that it's totally possible and that there's not really a reason to do like pure techno parties or pure mm. experimental club music parties or whatever. It's it's very much like um, you can very much combine it and like mix it and put it together. And I um, I think that like I, I at least like whenever I do it, I think like people uh, react quite good to it and. Uh, also, like people that are usually um, mostly interested in techno or house music, are like, oh, this is like, oh, like maybe at first they're like, oh, this is a little bit weird, and then they're like, oh, okay, and you can kind of like grab them again with like the beat they know or something, but then mm. like then put in something that they don't know and combine it, and I think um, that's quite interesting to like, yeah, make people realize that there's so many more genres. 
so when you started doing trade, did you feel that like there was too much of a four-four kind of techno thing in Berlin? Yeah, um, I mean, I moved here in 2012, and I started trade in 2015. So there's like three years in between, where I went to basically every techno party <laughs> there is, um, and I I loved it, and I still do. But it was like. I think it was just very repetitive and like it, it was it it's sometimes I had the feeling I, that like I, I couldn't remember back be like when was that set was it like last week was it like three weeks ago because like every weekend kind of often felt the same mm-hmm. with the music with conversations with a lot so like uh, in general I was just like I wanted something new and I think um, that's that's why I like decided to do this because like I, I also saw it in like a lot of other people that were like craving like yeah like something new like something exciting something they don't um, necessarily expect because like it was often it was not really like I, I rarely had a situation where I like was on the dance floor and was like oh my god I didn't expect this <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it was like oh sick but like it was it was quite like usually you knew what to expect. Do you think that there were DJs as well who kind of felt that they might wanted to play like a lot more of a, a versatile range of music but felt that the pressure was on but because of Berlin's reputation and yeah. that they couldn't really? I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there is, there is that feeling. I mean, like, I think that's in general it comes, it comes from like, like maybe from pressure from the club or but also like from the people because people are more back then than now but I used to like like this kind of like yeah straight up for for beat structure and like for like through a whole set so I think people and like uh, musicians and DJs like really like totally feel that pressure to um, maybe go and do that I guess yeah, because I heard like DJ Sprinkles played some jazz in Panora- Panorama Bar like a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and there was a big thing about it. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, and, uh, but I don't know what jazz he played. It might have been sort of, you know, it might have been like house techno with a saxophone in. For yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It might yeah, yeah, not exactly. have been like bitches proof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. No, exactly. But I think like that also shows that like this it shouldn't be like such a big thing you yeah know? it yeah. should be like oh my god this was interesting what he played but it shouldn't be like oh my god he's the first one and that was also like when Lotek played at Burkheim for the first time mm. or something it was like the first time Rihanna was played at Burkheim or like Beyonce and like I mean I understand in the context of Burkheim is like in but like it's still like why is that su- such a thing like, I mean people should like try to like be able to um, express themselves in their DJ sets as they like as they can and as they want because like I mean you book them so yeah. let them play you know <laughs> I don't know but it, it, there's a, there is a sort of danger that if if there is a restricted freedom in how DJs play then it stops becoming an art form and it just becomes like kind of catering to a catering to a demographic yeah 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 no totally I mean it cuts out a lot of the fun like mm. when you feel restricted and when you're like, like not sure if you can play this or that but like I um, usually wouldn't take a gig um, that is like this and that's also with trade um, for me very important is that sorry uh, with trade very important is that like if I book someone, 
then I booked them for like I listened to their music, I saw them play somewhere, and then they should feel like they should feel as free as like as free as possible and just play what they want because I booked them and that was my decision. So it's like like whenever someone asks me, it's like um, what's the vibe? What 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 should I play or something? I'm like you just do you like whatever you feel like in that moment or what you want to prepare because. I think that that's when the DJs have the most fun and that mm. goes straight into that it's the best set they play. Absolutely, absolutely. And because um, you, 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 uh, you organized trade before you started DJing yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, st like, I DJed for the first time when I did the first trade party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a bit nervous? Oh, yes, I was. Mm. Yeah, I'm very nervous, especially because it was quite a big lineup. Like, I think I had, yeah, I had Low Tick, Wife, Tigger Calor, and Disvik, and I played, so it was like, yeah, I mean, I played in the beginning, but of course, like, uh, it was my first party, so it was pretty busy, from, like, because, like, all my friends showed up, and of yeah. course, they wanted to see, but, like, it, it was good, it, it was it was also, like, easy, I played with Tractor, and it was, like, but it was, I was definitely nervous, but then, yeah, I think I just had fun, and then yeah. it, like, no, like, nervous just like, just kind of goes away I guess was there a point in the set that you can remember where you were kind of like oh yeah okay yeah I think it usually for me usually it's like um, after two after three tracks or something mm. like if like then you kind of get in this like groove that you don't think about what you do anymore mm. and that you just yeah you just do and like you just do what you know what like what you can do and maybe try something out what you don't know what you can do but <laughs> but like yeah i think it's and i also like when i talk to other like djs or musicians also like people that play live a lot they all say like it's like that's like the zone kind of like what like after 20 minutes or something i mean it depends but like it's of course for everyone different but like this moment when you get into this and when it's just like like organic and you just do yeah exactly so do you feel is there a way that you can kind of feel when the energy is is up and can you describe that energy it's like like a very comfortable feeling that like comes up and you're you're just like surrounded and it very like surrounded from like a some like nice heat that like kind of like just makes you super comfortable and in what you're doing right now and what you're doing as DJing I guess in my case and I think what helps a lot, of course, is like people around that are dancing, that are having fun. If you see people having fun, I think it goes very much quicker. I had very good, uh, for example, for the boiler room set. It was my first boiler room set. I was quite, I was nervous. It was actually all right, but like it, like when I started, but people were like from the beginning very happy and excited around. Mm. So it like after one song, I was like, okay, I'm in, and like this is gonna go okay, like gonna go yeah. well. The zone. I really loved this term Simon used for describing that point in a set where everything connects up. All of the elements, the people dancing, what he's doing, and the nerves go away, and the DJing kind of becomes natural. I think this is certainly something that can be experienced like in other walks of life too. Like, you know, when you're having a really amazing conversation with someone and you're just not thinking about anything else or where the words are coming from.
A few months before chatting with Simon, I met up with Baklarksa. Her sets are real mashes of sound, grimy and heavy one minute, fun and irreverent the next. Hearing the more bass culture elements in her sets, I wasn't surprised to learn she's a fellow Brit. Her name's Natasha, and we got talking about how she discovered this city. I originally came because I was making a film, a film project from uni. Mm. So I was staying in Friedrichshain for just 10 days, shooting a documentary, and I sort of fell in love with the communist architecture and then soon after Cameron came into power and I was a bit itchy to move or itchy feet, whatever it is, the saying, yeah, just to get out of the city. So that was like 2010? 2011 I I ended up moving here. Yeah. It was all around the same time when, yeah, I was a student and then like the Lib Dems and like hung parliament and everything was kind of, everyone was frustrated and... Yeah, I wanted out a little bit, but not just politically, just because I think Berlin was a very inviting, enticing place as well. What can you describe what was kind of inviting? I think it's like the quality of life. Well, now I've been here a while, I definitely noticed that. But at the time, it was like the people I met were very open and Mm. creative and sort of asked me what I was doing there. And I said, Oh, I'm making a film. And they said, Oh, you're an artist too. And I was like, Oh. Never even thought uh, about that like that. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, well, maybe that's like actually something that I am. <laughs> this is a really good point, actually. I think a lot of people feel like that. You kind of feel, do you feel like more validated as an artist? It's more like more freedom to not, like, yeah, just to express ideas in different uh, disciplines as well because I come from like a film background and I'm way more involved with fil- uh, music now mm. yeah I just kind of like the fact that you can kind of do it whatever you want creatively without the labels uh, with your music one of the things I love about the mixes you're doing is that sort of like there at the same time as you know you're in Berlin and you've been here a long time you do sort of bring a certain Englishness to oh, yeah? the mixing uh, cool. <laughs> um, and like you know there's certain things like do you think that UK base is represented well in Berlin I think it's trying <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like there used to be this club called Horst Kreuzberg when I first moved here like around 2012 I think it closed a year after that or something and that was like such a special place for me to go and get my UK base fix Mm. and now like similar bookings are kind of happening at Gretchen and stuff but I mean I don't think that venue does the sound justice it's a very big open space and lots of arches and there's a lot of neon lights and yeah you kind of want like a nice dark grimy spot i think yeah but there are things happening also like st george and stuff like there are definitely and also orm of course i mean like mm. orm's bookings have really stepped up the like base game <laughs> so yeah i think so yeah i think, I think it's 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 representative enough but like, there's always room for more diversity. Do you feel like the grip on the association of Berlin being known as a techno place has yeah. kind of re- let go, become a bit more eclectic now? Or? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, absolutely. Like, the expat community is huge, and people come from all over, and they've got all their different styles. I mean, but like, there's also like this shared love for the techno scene that Germany has. Like so, de- it's so deeply rooted in Germany's history and stuff. Yeah. It's like you can't not have it, and it's just fun to see these different like spiral off subgenres of 
yeah like even like dub dub techno and all this kind of stuff that's happening it's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah totally. i think it's all good you know your, your mixes are quite kind of colorful as well okay. do you kind what kind of feeling do you like to give off with the mixes when you know it's going right a mix is going right kind of really like the idea of guilty pleasures yeah I mean, I grew up in the like early 2000s, probably. I was a teenager, and like R&B and vocal-driven pop was huge in the UK. And so, like, I love, I love a little cheesy vocal or like yeah. some high-pitched stuff that that might otherwise be seen like to be looked down upon. <laughs> but like, so it mm. took me a while to be brave enough to actually. I mean, I've, I've not been playing that long, but like in the right in the beginning I was like trying to sort of maybe play different versions of what I thought would work mm. but now more recently I'm like don't give a shit just like <laughs> even if it, like, it might be a funny look on the dance floor I'm like yeah you'll yeah, like it <laughs> you'll like yeah. it if you, if you feel it you know yeah. it's easier to sort of like make everyone else feel it yeah. as well isn't it yeah. do you find that DJing is still kind of a male dominated thing yeah I mean of course I think it's changing of course as well like it's getting more visibility in terms of people just having that discussion but yeah I was having this conversation actually with a friend yesterday who's a singer-songwriter but like we were saying how everything involves equipment and gear it's such a boys club and obviously DJing is like such a gear fest yeah yeah. It's the same with like coding and the gaming community. Oh, it goes down to this. It's the same sort of thing as like sort of breaking down in a car or something, mm. and then a guy kind of who wouldn't otherwise help you stepping up to help because they can kind of show their knowledge of yeah. sort of like, yeah. oh, that's a, you know, 24714, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like there's also an awful lot of women that are doing amazing things, and mm. I try to, I mean, I keep my focus more predominantly on on I don't know about predominantly but like I just feel like I've got way more female influential people in my life and muses or whatever yeah and mentors that's what I mean than I did like three years ago so I I feel quite like balanced about it but, but I know the scene isn't like yeah I think one of the things that I've felt I've noticed has changed a lot in the last few years and I feel Berlin is particularly good at for my just arriving here perspective yeah. is that it feels like there's a lot less competition and a lot more sort of people sharing ideas yeah 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 I think that's something I've noticed that comes easier with women or female <laughs> identifying people I mean the the dudes I know have, are like all mega feminists yeah so the ones mm. the guys that have helped me have been or that have like helped mentor me or get me behind the decks or anything have been like in the same mindset, I guess. But like, yeah, mm. it's good to support each other, and it feels it does feel sort of stronger. Um, maybe as a reaction to the white male techno scene, yeah, that there are yeah. these people who want to, these women or these female identifying people who want to. I wouldn't say conquer it, but it's just like do your thing without being compromised. It was great talking with Buckluck, sir. And I think one of the things that unites all three people today is this element of pulling in sounds and influences outside of the techno club expectations here, such as using elements of pop like you would a herb if you're cooking, just a sprinkle of oregano 
into the stew of sound just a touch not in a way that ushers in the whole weight of pop commercialism which berlin for the most part is still free of but as an ingredient that when used within this club and landscape becomes pretty damn potent you've been listening to lost and sound in berlin a podcast exploring music and identity in berlin supported using public funding by the Arts Council of England. Music by Tom Giddens. This episode is also being hosted on Bear Radio, and you can find other podcasts from Berlin on bearradio.org. And if you want to join me on the socials, you can also follow on Instagram at forward slash lost and sound in Berlin, and on Facebook at forward slash Lost and Sound in Berlin. Thanks for listening and catch you again soon.